Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. I, I, I'm going to, uh, we're still in our series, When They See Us, although uh, this is uh, it's not, it's not a stop of the series. I'm just um, taking a moment to preach something that I feel like will be uh, encouraging and impactful. And then when we come back together, we'll be back in our series next week. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, share with someone close to you. Amen. Find it on your device. Amen. Y'all, y'all haven't got spoiled by screens, have you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 18. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 18. I'm going to begin reading at verse number one, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Amen. The New American Standard Bible. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, this is the word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house. There I will announce my words to you. So then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? Declares the Lord, Behold, like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I want to draw your attention to verse number four, to uh, the first part of verse number four, and that's where I'll draw my subject from this morning. It says, but the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. The vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled, but it was in the hand of the potter. Amen. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject, he's got a grip on me. Amen. He's got a grip on me. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed. I wish y'all would get it. That was the spirit. Mike didn't know what I was preaching today, but when he said, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. Amen. You can be seated. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He's got a grip on me. He's got a grip on me. Amen. The longer I live and the longer I serve God, the more I'm forced to come to grips with my own personal imperfection. The longer I try to live a life that glorifies God and the more I try to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling that I have received from God, the more I am forced to acknowledge my own failures and the inconsistencies in my character. 
And I don't know if there's anybody in the building who'll be honest along with me because I know that many of us are used to coming into worship and putting on our church face and behaving as if everything is all right and as if we don't have any problems. But is there anybody in the building who can honestly admit that underneath your clean, calm, cool, and collected exterior, you've got some serious issues? Now, I'm not talking about the small and the cute issues. I'm talking about some serious things that happened to you in your past and now they affect your present behavior. I'm talking about some things that if we could go through your phone and see some of the things in there, you would never want to show your face in church again. I'm talking about uh, uh, things that make you want to cry in the middle of the night. I'm not talking about small stuff, but this message is for people like me who even though you love Jesus, you've got to admit that living a holy life has not been easy. You've had to struggle through some stuff and because you've had to struggle through some stuff, you've got some unresolved issues. God, help me y'all ain't gonna help me in here but come on is there anybody here that can just take their church face off for a moment and just be honest and say look I love Jesus every day but I don't act like I love Jesus every day I I make some mistakes and I do some things that don't make sense sometimes I hear the Holy Ghost say go left and I go right sometimes I, I, I'm not trying to justify it I'm I'm not trying to excuse it but I want to be honest about the fact that underneath my cool calm and collected exterior underneath my lifted hands and my tear-filled eyes in worship there were some issues underneath the surface I messed up and I need God to help me deal with how badly I messed up is there anybody in the building who can be transparent enough to admit preacher you're talking about underneath this exterior I've got some ugly issues God help me I've got some stuff that happened to me when I was a child I've got some church hurt that I'm dealing with I've got some issues in my mind a marriage that fell apart a relationship that damaged me some trust issues that I have that make it hard for me to live this thing out sometimes I'm nasty sometimes I'm mean sometimes I have a jacked up attitude sometimes I'm full of lust and full of hell and full of the devil and I think thoughts that I should not think and I'm ungrateful and I'm judgmental I've got issues in my heart that I wish I could let go of but for some reason the issues that I have won't leave me alone every time I try to do the right thing the wrong thing is tapping me on the shoulder and if you're sitting here in the building and you got the nerve to act as if you're not messed up that's just a clear indication of how messed up you really are because as long as you live life in this body you are going to have to struggle with sin God help me. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody needs to know that. That it's okay for you to have issues. It's okay for you to have struggles. It's okay for you to have temptation. It's all right for you to have things in your life that you wish you could get away from, but no matter how hard you run to get away from it, it chases you. You're bad with money sometimes. You don't always keep your word all the time. You don't always do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. You are messed up. God help me. I don't know who, who wants to be honest. And I, and I know you don't want everybody in the church to know your business, but if we could follow you home after worship today and look at your life Monday through Saturday before you walk up in here on Sunday morning, we would look at you like you're crazy because you got some issues. Come on, who's going to be honest and testify that you got some stuff in your life? Because the reality is, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I love God, but my life has not been perfect. And you don't need to know all my business. All you need to know is that I'm messed up. 
God help me. But even though we're messed up, even though we have issues, even though we've made stupid mistakes that have caused God embarrassment and that has caused other people pain, even though we think that we've fallen from grace because of the magnitude of our mistakes, the beautiful reality of our life is that it, no matter what we think we've fallen into, no matter how big our mistakes may be, no matter how low we might fall, if we have given our lives to God, we are captured in the grip of an almighty God. And he has promised that no matter how badly we mess up, he will never let us go. As a matter of fact, if you're anything like me, there were times when you thought you had blown it, times when you thought you had sacrificed your purpose and your destiny, times that you thought that just so you could satisfy your flesh for a moment, you did something that you knew you had no business doing, but you looked and you looked up and realized that you had messed up your life and you thought that you were beyond the reach of God's love. You thought that your life was going to fall apart and you were waiting for everything to come crashing down. But when you looked up, you realized that even though your life should have fallen apart, y'all ain't helping me here. The Lord is holding you together and now your testimony is not one of guilt, but it's one of God's grace and your gratitude. Now your testimony is not one of victimization, but it is one of vitality and victory because you realize that with all the trifling things that you've done, your testimony can be summed up in this simple statement. I might be messed up, but I'm still in his hands. God help me. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but in a church culture where we throw people away because they can't get right, you ought to be glad that you serve a God that will never let you go. God help me. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but is there anybody here who got a testimony that you serve a God that has a grip on you? He, he, he won't let you go. Yeah, your family members let you go. That church you were serving in let you go. Those mistakes you made made people want to walk away from you. Your mental illness, your, your self-esteem issues, your, your anger issues made people want to walk away from you and declare that you were damaged goods. But is there anybody here who's glad that you serve a God that has you in the grip of his grace? And no matter how gruesome your story is, God will never let you go. When we are jacked up, when we are messed up, when we are marred, God does not throw us away, but he keeps us, beloved, in the awesome grip of his grace and and just in case you don't believe me I want to call your attention to this particular passage of scripture because Jeremiah God's prophet is writing to the people of God as they are in captivity in Babylon and the Bible lets us know that Israel now is in captivity because they have disobeyed and dishonored God and so to punish them God has allowed their enemies to come into Israel and take them captive but even though they have disobeyed and dishonored the Lord God refuses to disown his people. Good God Almighty. So God wants to show Jeremiah the depths of his love and his commitment to his chosen. And so the Bible says that in order for Jeremiah to see this, God commands Jeremiah to go down to the house of a potter and to watch him form a vessel of clay. And the Bible says that Jeremiah is watching the potter do his work. And while he's watching the potter do his work, the vessel that he is making is messed up in the hand of the potter. But even though the vessel was messed up, the Bible says the potter was still able to fix it. God help me. Oh God, and is there anybody here in the building who is excited about the fact that no matter how messed up you are, you serve a God with the power to fix you? God help me. I don't know who I'm preaching to, uh, but is there anybody
anybody here that can say sometimes I don't have deep prayers sometimes I don't have real articulate prayers and long prayers that impress people sometimes my prayers are God I'm jacked up fix me God help me is, is there anybody here who's ever just had to ask God God fix me I don't even know what's wrong with me I, I don't even know why I act the way I act I don't even know why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with but God I believe that if you put your hand on me you've got the power to fix me God help me the Bible says that the potter was able to mend the vessel because even though it was messed up it was still in the potter's hands God help me and someone in this building needs to thank God not because you never made any mistakes not because your life has been perfect but because even though you were messed up God never took his hands off you God help me oh God I got to stay there I got to park there for a moment let me let me pause parenthetically and just tell you God's hand is still on you God help me you're still in his hands I know you felt like when you fornicated when you messed up when you slept with that person that you wasn't married to when you looked at that thing on the internet for a little too long and you didn't have any business looking at it when you sent that text message when you entertained that inbox you thought that God had left you but you need to know in the building today that his hand Lord have mercy his hand is still on you you're still in his hand and there is nothing nothing nobody nothing that you can do that can take you out of the hand of the perfect potter whose name is God is there anybody here who can shout about the fact that his hand is still on me God help me do me a favor real quick in this small room and just nudge somebody and tell them I'm still in his hand God help me oh God y'all don't feel like having church yet but is there anybody here who can shout about the fact that you're still in his hand you shout about the fact that you're still in his hand if you think about how much you don't deserve to have his hand on you but if you really come to grips with the reality that you don't deserve to have God's hand don't you you'd be able to shout about the fact that you don't deserve it but when you woke up this morning you woke up because he touched you God help me he gave you a second chance you're still in the potter's hands and so God tells Jeremiah that just like the clay was in the hand of the potter so the people of Israel are in the hands of their God that no matter how broken or corrupted or marred they were they were still in the hands of a holy God and as long as they were in God's hands their failures would not have the last word over their lives and I believe that just as God used the potter to speak to Israel he's using the potter to speak to us today and so then the question is what can we learn from the potter and the clay I got three points and then I'm done uh, what can we learn from the potter and the clay God help me uh, the first thing that we need to know from the potter and the clay is that the mistakes that I've made cannot frustrate the plan of the potter God help me oh God the mistakes I have made cannot frustrate the plan of the potter God help me uh, the Bible says that Jeremiah is watching this potter God help me make a work on the wheel uh, but because the potter is imperfect because the potter who is making the vessel of clay uh, is prone to make mistakes while he's working on the wheel God help me uh, uh, there is an issue that happens with the vessel he's trying to create but what God wants to show Jeremiah is that I'm not like that potter God help me uh, that potter can become frustrated by his mistakes uh, oh God but God says I am a perfect potter 
and no matter what happens to you on the wheel of life you are not so messed up that I cannot fix what has happened to you and somebody in the building needs to rejoice in the reality that no matter how many mistakes you've made no matter how broken our lives might be we will never be so messed up that God changes his mind God help me every now and then a potter who's making a wheel of clay or making a vessel of clay will get frustrated and stop working on the clay he'll have to cool off but how many y'all know that God is not like that potter God doesn't get frustrated with you God knew what you were going to do before you did it God knew what issues you were going to have before he called you as his own and yet and still in spite of the issues that he knew you would have he still called you to be his anyway he still chose you to be his own anyway God is not surprised by the foolishness in your life by the inconsistencies in your character by the lust in your heart by the perversion in your spirit God knew what you were going to be before you were it and he called you in in spite of it God said no matter what you got going on your mistakes can't frustrate my plan and is there anybody here who is glad that you serve a God that refuses to change his mind God help me oh God you got a stubborn God God says I'm stubborn about my babies I'm I'm stubborn about the ones who I've called I'm stubborn about you I'm not gonna change my mind about you you can't persuade me to give up on you if you stick with God Lord have mercy God will stick with you and is there anybody here who's glad that you serve a God that is not fickle and messed up by the things that you do but God says if you stick with me baby I'm gonna stick with you I can't be frustrated out of your life I can't be offended away from you you can't say anything that will make me take my hands off you you can't do anything that will make me leave you alone but you cannot frustrate the plan of the potter. My mistakes can't frustrate the plan of the potter, number one. But number two, my mess-ups may lead God to discipline me, but he will never disown me. God, help me. Uh, the people of God in Jeremiah chapter 18 are in captivity because of God's divine discipline. But the discipline of God is actually a sign that they still belong to him. Because God does not whip other people's children. Yeah, yeah. God's not like me in Target when he see a kid misbehaving and the mama won't do nothing. And because you've been whipped so many times, you see the kid misbehaving, you just stop. Hey, you better listen to your mama. God, God don't whoop other people's kids. But the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And even a son, he scourges. God, help me. Uh, that God's discipline to you is a sign that he can't let you do whatever you want to do. Because his name is still on you. God, help me. And see, some of us uh, despise uh, correction and despise discipline we never want to see anything happen to us we get mad when we go through things that we know uh, uh should 
that, uh, that we know cause us pain and are a result of our own actions. But God says the fact that I'm whooping you should let you know that I haven't disowned you. God, help me. Oh, God, I'm afraid of the day when I can do sin and not feel bad about it. I'm, I'm afraid for the day uh, when God uh, will just allow me to, to continue in sin and not think anything about what I've done, to not feel any sort of conviction, to not long for his presence, to not want to repent. God says that feeling that you feel of discipline is a sign, beloved, that you still belong to God. And is there anybody here that says, I know that discipline hurts, I know it is painful, but I'm able now with this phase in my walk with God to rejoice over the fact that I'm hurting, but I'm still his. God, help me. Is there anybody here who can rejoice about the fact that you're hurting, but you're still his? You got pain, but you're still God's property. You're going through some stuff, but he's never let go of you. I dare you to rejoice right now over the fact that you might be hurting in your money, hurting in your mind, hurting in your life, but you still belong to God. I got to quit. This is my last one. Uh. So then we learn from the potter and the clay that the mistakes that I made cannot frustrate the plan of the potter. We learn that our mess ups may lead God to discipline us, but he will never disown us. But then thirdly, I'm in my seat when I say my failures are not final because my father has the power to fix me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My failures are not final. Because my father has the power to fix me. God help me. Look at what it says. It says, but the vessel, verse number four, that he was making of clay. God help me. Oh God, I, can I just pause there for a moment? The Bible says that the vessel he was making was made out of clay. God help me. Uh, uh, it, it, was, it was made out of clay. He was not chiseling like a stone vessel. He was not carving a wooden vessel. He he was forming, God help me, a vessel out of clay. God help me. Uh, uh, which, which shows me then that my ability to be fixed by the potter, God help me, is dependent upon my ability to remain pliable in his hand. God help me. Oh God, see, some of you, the reason why you cannot be fixed by God is because you feel like you know too much. God help me. You won't humble yourself. You are not pliable in his hands. And see, while you're sitting up here making it seem like you know more than you know everybody around can see that you don't know what you think you know you got to learn how to stop being rock in his hand stop being wood in his hand and be pliable in his hands and say lord whatever i think i know i lay it at your feet god whatever i think i can do i lay it down forgetting those things which are behind and looking toward what's ahead i press forward towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of god which is in christ jesus you got to learn how to be clay it is that wasn't in my notes, but I figured I'd give that to you. Uh, it was, it was marred. Said so the vessel that he made of clay huh, was spoiled. God help me. Uh, in the hand of the potter. God, I feel like preaching. It, it, it was spoiled. Uh, the, the Hebrew word now for spoiled, the King James says marred. Uh, it, it was spoiled in the hand of the potter, uh, which means uh, the picture is painted in the Hebrew language then of not an issue on the part of the potter, uh, but rather an inconsistency in, uh, in, in the properties of the clay. 
Uh, uh, that there was a lump or a hump or something in the clay that while the potter was forming it because of the issues in the clay it messed up what the potter was trying to do and somebody needs to know uh, that the reason why you're here ain't an issue with God it's an issue with you God help me uh, see some of us are trying to blame God for where we are right now we're trying to blame God for what we're going through right now and you pray crazy prayers to the Lord like Lord why are you making it making me go through this God said there's not an issue with me or with my power or with with my plan there is an inconsistency in you so that you have been spoiled in my hand and is there anybody here who's grown up enough to admit in God that there were some things in my life that I messed up I talk too much my mouth is too smart I got too many issues I got anger problems I'm too wishy-washy I'm not I'm not consistent I don't give like I'm supposed to do I don't serve like I'm supposed to do I'm a part-time Christian but expect full-time protection from God I, I, I'm a part-time believer but expect full time protection from God I don't I, I don't have areas in my life that I've given completely over to God I've got places in my finances that I've segmented and said God you handle this over here but I'm gonna deal with all of this over here God you touch this part of my life but I'll deal with my sex life myself God you touch this part over here but I'll deal with my dating life myself and God says if you do that you will be spoiled yeah. in his hand uh, but the vessel, somebody say the vessel. Oh God, the vessel, the vessel, the vessel. Uh, notice now it didn't say uh, the figurine. He wasn't making a statue. He wasn't making a sculpture. He was making a vessel. He was making something, beloved, hear me now, that he was going to pour himself into. God help me. Uh, the, the, the potter was creating something that, that he was going to pour his spirit into. Something that he was going to breathe life into. Something that he was going to pour his essence and his glory uh, into. And the Bible says that while he was preparing it, God help me, while he was preparing to deposit his glory into the pot it was spoiled God help me but it was in his hand so it, because it was in his hand and it stayed on the wheel God help me the potter was able to remake it God help me y'all don't see it yet it says so he remade it into God help me oh God another vessel yeah, yeah. oh Lord uh, uh, God, uh, uh, the picture is painted now in the Hebrew language of the text uh, that the potter, after seeing the inconsistency in the clay, while it's still on the wheel, he does not try to make it into what it was before. God help me. But he decides to make it into another vessel. God help me. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to today but God says if you stay on the wheel oh God he's going to make you into another vessel. Uh, the reason why it is significant then Maya that he makes it into another vessel is because when he makes it into another vessel the inconsistencies that were in the previous vessel are no longer visible when he makes it into a new vessel. God help me. Who am I preaching to? Is there anybody here who wants God to make you new? God help me. I don't want God to make me into to a better version of the old I, but I want him to make me new I, I want him to transform me I want him to do something in my life that eyes have not seen that that ears have is there anybody here who can say I want him to make me new I don't want him to make me again I want him to make me into another vessel God help me that vessel got too much fornication on it that vessel has too much lust in its heart that vessel has too much pride that vessel has too much judgmentalness that vessel has too much anger that vessel has too much bitterness that vessel 
vessel has too much unforgiveness. That vessel has too much mental illness. That vessel has too much anxiety. That vessel has too much depression. That vessel has too many daddy issues. But I believe that God can make me into another. I feel like preaching in here. He can make me into another vessel. And is there anybody here who knows it? Huh? Because he's made you over before God help me. And I want somebody to know that he's not done making you over. Huh? That if you believe God, huh? he'll make you over. Huh? And if you mess up, he'll make you over again. Huh? Is there anybody here who's glad huh? that he's not just a God of a second chance, huh? but he's a God of another chance, huh? and another chance, huh? and another chance. Huh? That morning by morning, Lord help me new mercies I see is there anybody here who's glad this same Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations and in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 20 he said yet I call this to mind therefore I have hope it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new God help me every morning great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me I feel like having storefront church now. God hold me so I can finish this message. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, I just want to encourage you. Y'all ain't touching nobody. Y'all looking at me like I'm saying Sesame Street. I said, grab your neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, he'll make you over again. He'll touch you in the midnight hour and he'll fix you in the places that you thought couldn't be fixed. He'll make you over. He'll make you over again. Oh, the Bible says now uh, that he made it uh, into another vessel uh, as it pleased the potter to make. Uh, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah uh, and said, Jeremiah, this is not just a message about pottery. Uh, this is not just a message about clay. Uh, he said, Jeremiah, I want you to know that just like clay is in the hand of the potter, uh, so you and your people are in the hand of your God. Uh, that if you stay in my hand, uh, and if you stay on the wheel, I can fix whatever flaws I find in you. Oh, God, I didn't get it until I talked to one of my friends who's an art teacher in middle school. And my friend who is an art teacher told me that in the process of making pottery, the reason why you put the clay on a potter's wheel and the reason why you begin forming it with your hand is not so that you can hurry up and make it into something, but a part of the process is discovering the the flaws that are in the clay God help me uh, that a part of the process is the part of putting their hands on you and beginning to mold you on the wheel so that they can find out what kind of flaws are deep down on the inside and once I've found all the flaws Josh he told me I'm then able to begin to work God have mercy on the clay the way I want to and somebody here the reason why God hasn't been able to form you into a vessel is because you're too busy trying to hide your flaws but you don't realize that finding the flaws is a part of the process of the potter that God doesn't hide what's wrong with you. God doesn't want you to hide the things that you've done. God wants you to confess everything that's wrong with you. Show him all of your scars. Show him all of your inconsistencies. Show him all of your problems. Show him all of your pain. Show him all of your worries. Show him all of your anxiety. But if you show it to him, the Bible said that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But not only to forgive us, but to cleanse us 
from all unrighteousness. God, I got to quit here. And so the Bible says uh, that he has the power to fix us. Now you got to understand that the devil tries then to keep you in bondage by using the shame of your mistakes to make you run from the only one with the power to help you. Uh, but you have to decide in this season that no matter how badly you've messed up, you're going to stay in his hand. God, help me. Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but some of y'all got fear in your life because of the stuff you know you've done. You stay away from church when you've done too much, when you sin too much, when you drank too much, when you've done something crazy. But God says, don't run from me. Run to me. Because running from me is a trick that the devil uses to keep you in bondage. But if you run to me, God help me, I'll be able to clean you up. And somebody needs to decide that no matter how badly you've jacked up your life, you're deciding to stay in his hands. God help me. Who am I preaching to now? Is there anybody here who can say that's my testimony? I'm going to stay in his hands. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let up. I'm going to stay in the hands of an almighty God. I'm going to make sure I make it to church. Matter of fact, baby, when you mess up, that's when you need to be at church the earliest. That's when you need to be bum rushing the house of God. Finding you a seat in the front. Don't sit in the back because God says, I want to heal you from what you've done. But how many of us have allowed Satan to make us ashamed, to make us feel like we're not worthy, to make us feel like God is done with us because we've put on an exterior of piety. We got an exterior that says we've got it all together. But is there anybody here who's willing to admit that I'm messed up? I'm incomplete. I've got some inconsistencies, but I believe that if I stay in his hands, God help me, that God is going to fix me. God help me. Oh God, you don't get it yet. You don't get it. Uh, let me close it this way then. Uh, I, I, I've told this story before, uh, but 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 my, my children, I told y'all, uh, I, I beat I beat other people's children. So 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 then you have to understand that if I beat other people's children, huh, uh, what hope is there for my own? God help me. Uh, I, I beat other people's. I beat other people's children. Huh? Uh, uh, my daughter, huh, my daughter is a little funny. Huh? Uh, uh, well, she acts the way I expect her to act. When 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 I whoop my daughter, huh, she gets an attitude with me. She she goes in the corner in her room and sings songs like nobody loves me. Uh, she sings those songs. Uh, but 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 when I had a son uh, three years ago, I had a son. I had a son, uh, and and my son uh, is a little crazy. Y'all got to pray for me. Uh, but my son is is a little crazy, and let me tell you why. Uh, because my son is always in trouble. He gets in trouble more than my daughter. My daughter probably only gets a whooping every 90 days. Every 90 days, I got to tighten her up. I got to adjust her. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, but, but then she's good for about another 90 days. But it seemed like every 90 minutes, I got to whip my son. I got to beat him for something. Every, every 90 minutes, every hour and a half, I got to tighten him up for something. We were standing over here while worship was going on. Worship was high. And I'd tell him, sit down. Stop coming over here. Stop messing with that. Quit tearing that up. L leave that alone. Sit every 90 minutes, I got to do something to my son. Matter of fact, in about 15 minutes, he's due for another touch from his father. Uh, but, but even though I whooped my son, my son did something uh, that was crazy to me. Uh, see, while my daughter, after she gets a spanking, she gets an attitude with her daddy and goes in her room and sings songs that nobody cares about her. When I whoop my son uh, and I get ready to leave the house to go handle business, uh, my son, for whatever reason, wants to go with his daddy. He'll start crying more uh, about the fact that he can't go with his father uh, than he was about the whooping that he just got from his father. And that thing messed me up, Monique. I didn't understand.
understand it. I was like, why is this boy, is something wrong with him? Is he a glutton for punishment? He should be angry with me. Why is he sticking with his father? Even though his father has just disciplined him. So I didn't understand it. So I called my mother and I got my mother on the phone. I said, mama, I need you to explain this to me. I said, mama, why is it that after I whip Junior, Junior always wants to go with his daddy. As a matter of fact, mama, when I'm leaving and I tell him he can't go, he cries harder with me leaving him at the house than he does when I whipped his behind for what he did wrong. And my mom said, son, it's very simple. The reason why your son, even in moments of discipline, wants to stay connected to his daddy, God help me, is because he understands that even though you just hurt him, his best chance for survival is by sticking with his father. Oh, God help me. And I'm telling somebody today that no matter how bad God hurts you, stay in his hands. Because if you stay in his hand, there's hope, God help me, in his hands. And that's my message for somebody in the building today no matter what happens to you stay in the potter's hands I know you feel like Lord have mercy I wish y'all have church with me I feel like preaching now I know it feels like you need to jump out of his hands because he's hurting you but God told me to tell somebody stay in his hands I know you're tired of what you're feeling of the pain in your heart of the problems in your soul but God told me to tell you God help me to stay in his hands like I didn't know you brought that with you I didn't know we were going to do all that but grab your neighbor's hand we got to get out of here we got to run from the storm but do me a favor and grab your neighbor's hand and say neighbor you got to stay in his hands I know it's falling down all around you and you're dealing with guilt from the problems of your past but God told me to tell you stay in his hands because if you stay in the potter's hands he will fix it after a little while is there anybody here who understands that if you stay in the pot of hands he will work it out after a little while I'm staying I'm sticking with Jesus because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus his blood and his righteousness I feel alright now I dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy on Jesus name I wish y'all have church with me now do me a favor and say neighbor stay in his hands Dorian's coming he shifted his track but there's a chance that he'll still hit Florida but I want you to know that if you stay in his hands time is filled with swift transition not on earth unmoved can stand but if you build your hopes on things eternal you can hold to God's unchanging hand is there anybody here who believes that the lawn will help you weather the storm I know we're not in Arlington Middle and these low ceilings might make it hard for you to lift your hands but I dare somebody to get happy in the building because you're still in his hands you're messed up but you're in his hands you might 
might be broken. Yes, God, but he can put you back together again. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? I know y'all don't know these old songs. God, but there's a song that the choir used to say. Matter of fact, her name was Sister Beatrice Cole and Sister Peggy Hunter. They used to sing a song together at the morning South Baptist Church where my daddy was the pastor. And they would sing, in case you have fallen by the wayside of life, in case you are hurting and broken inside, you don't have to stay in the shadows that you're in the potter wants I wish I had some help here yeah. the potter wants yes sir the potter wants to put you back together again is there anybody in the building today who can say the potter will put you back together again he will fix you he will change you won't it do it I said won't it do it won't it do it say yeah say 